Thank you, Father God. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive. As I am taught the Word of God, my life has changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you have a Bible, we are in the book of 1 John. And the reason we've gone to 1 John is because this, uh, this new thing, this new heresy that's been sweeping around the world is we find it now in the churches and pulpits of former Word of Faith ministers. And so I thought, well, we better go back and cover 1 John again. And also keep in mind that, that John was not some peripheral somebody. John was not just one of the 12. John was the, in the inner circle of the three. And uh, John was an unusual survivor. We have a, bi- a, a book in the Bible called the book of James. That is not John's brother. That was the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. John's brother, James, didn't uh, make it but a short time after the death, burial, and resurrection until he was put to death. Peter was crucified in Rome. Paul was beheaded in Rome. But John was a survivor. They tried to kill him by burning him in in, uh, oil. But uh, like Daniel in the lion's den... They couldn't kill him. So they banished him to the island of Patmos. Sue and I visited that island and stood in that cave where he wrote the book of Revelation by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. He was the one. Jesus on the cross looked to his mother and said, Behold your son, John, and said to John, Behold your mother, Sue and I stood in her house where she lived many years later and was watched over by this apostle, the apostle John. My point is, who could possibly know more about what is involved in the Christian faith than the apostle John? And it's interesting to me that this new apostasy, this new heresy, they hate the book of James written by the half-brother of the Lord Jesus Christ. He was an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, but he served as the pastor of the church in Jerusalem, and they hate this little book of 1 John. And the reason is because the new apostasy is you don't have to do a doggone thing. And... uh, when you, you do something maybe you feel bad about, you don't even have to ask forgiveness. And the originator of this modern version of this apostasy brags about how he never taught his children the Ten Commandments. This is ridiculous. Tell your neighbor, that's ridiculous. I mean, common sense tells you it's still wrong to murder. Common sense tells you it's still wrong to bear false witness against your neighbor. Common sense tells you it's still wrong to covet your neighbor's wife, right? Now, we're not Old Testament believers. We're New Testament believers. And so we know we can go to the the words of Jesus and we find out from the words of Jesus that there's basically two laws in the new covenant that cover all of that old covenant. To love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your soul. And the second commandment is like unto it, to love your neighbor as yourself. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to murder anybody. If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to go to court and bear false witness against somebody. 
If you love your neighbor as yourself, you're not going to covet their house or their wife or anything that they have. Does that make sense? But you still have to be a doer of the word of God. Now, one of these apostates mocks that, to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your strength, with all of your soul, former word of faith guy. But we just have to ignore all of that. I mean, just uh, last Sunday he had in a pro-abortion, pro-castration, pro-mastectomy, pro-hysterectomy, pro-same-sex marriage candidate for governor in his pulpit, in his pulpit, in his pulpit, two Sundays ago. And you know, you're not even supposed to do this stuff, you know? We've never done anything like that because, you know, we try and actually obey the law. But, you know, the law, the law is only for people that are not on the cool click. And uh, just a week ago, a guy had a candidate for political office in his pulpit, and that candidate bragged that he would like to see the tax-exempt status of every church that didn't go along with same-sex marriage revoked. Now, somebody might say, well, why do these things matter? Well, we're just staying with the Bible. And, and I realize the culture changes. You know, we got a Christmas catalog, and, and I looked at the one of the photos, and I thought, is that a guy or a, a gal, or what am I looking at? What are my eyes looking at? And so Sue got back in town from helping her mom, and I turned to that page, and I said, what is that? She said, I don't know. <laughs> so the culture's changing. We understand that. The world's changing. We understand that. It's all evolving. Media, politics, it's all changing. But two scriptures haunt me. Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he find faith on the earth? And another scripture that haunts me, many, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out devils? And I will tell them plainly, away from me, you evil, what's that next word? Doers, for I never knew you. So, I'm determined. I'd rather go to heaven than be cool. I'd rather live in the city of God than be accepted. Amen. So here at Faith Christian Center, we're holding the line. But I want you to understand, you know, if somebody gets seduced, let's say somebody gets seduced there's a reason for it. There's, there's an allurement to it. And so they, they allure people. They, they hypnotize people with race baiting. They hypnotize people with free stuff. There's, you know, it's like a, a shiny object. It's like, a, it's like a hypnotism to get people off the path. Ought to go back and read Pilgrim's Progress. You know, the whole book is about various satanic agendas trying to get the Pilgrim Christian off his path. And that's what I see all of this as being. But thank God, thank God, thank God. Very, very early, we learned how to walk independently. I, I wondered when I did the series back up at I-30, why... I so emphasize the word independently. I mean, it was coming out of my mouth. This series is called that. And I, back in the day, I wondered why this emphasis on how to walk independently in covenant with God. Now we see it. If you're counting on somebody going the narrow path with you, you could be highly disappointed. Broad is the road and wide is the path that leads to destruction. But narrow is the path and that leads to life and very few find it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm a, I'm a pilgrim on my way to heaven. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
and I'm not going to be pulled off the path and distracted by all of Satan's nonsense. So we're in the book of 1 John, and we pointed out last Sunday, these modern apostates, these heretics say it doesn't matter what we do. But look at what the apostle John wrote in 1 John 2, 3 to 5. 1 John 2, 3 to 5. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. Say it out loud. We know that we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. And then look at 1 John 2, verse 17. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God lives forever. Anybody want to live forever? Well, then you have to do the will of God. 1 John 2, verse 29. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Everyone who does what is right has been born of him. Chapter 3, verse 12, do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. And then look at 1 John three twenty-one. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we obey his commands and do what pleases him. Now the Lord's correcting me right here, stopping me, apprehending me, arresting me, because I touched on something Wednesday night that we don't often hear. I was on my way to church Wednesday evening, and you have to understand that in different vehicles, the audio is set to different series by Kenneth Hagin, and, diff and even if, if you had them all on the same series. He'd be in different messages inside that series. They're not all on the same series. So it's just random. But is it random? Because I'm on my way over here from the house Wednesday night, and I heard Kenneth Hagin say that you can obey the commands of God and live a moral life, even live a holy life, and not live a life pleasing to God. And I thought, whoa. And he went to Hebrews eleven six, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And we've been, we've been hovering the last two or three Wednesday nights on this concept that we are faith children of a faith God. So that's one reason we read these testimonies because they're evidence that brothers and sisters among us are believing God. Believing God for this, believing God for that, believing God for something else. In a different vehicle on a different day, I heard Kenneth Hagin tell the story about being a guest speaker in a church and the pastor had an unusual request, this young couple, because you understand back then they didn't have Holiday Inn Express everywhere. They didn't have all these motels. So typically in those days, a minister would stay with someone. And it was unusual because this young couple had invited him, uh, asked the pastor, could we host Kenneth Hagin? I'm talking about the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003. Can we host him when he's speaking at our church? And then that pastor asked Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin said, sure. Well, long story short, he gets there. And the wife very cautiously laid it out for him. You know, Brother Hagin, we go to this full gospel church and our pastor's a wonderful pastor. But he never tells a healing testimony. And these believers in the church, the most of them are older. They've known the Lord 20, 30 years. And they, they never have a testimony in their mouth. They, they never tell a story of being healed. And they have this little six, we have this little six-month-old baby. It was born with a hernia. 
and the doctors want to operate on this little six-month-old baby, but we don't want this baby operated on. But she said, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but if the pastor never tells a healing testimony, is that who we ought to have lay hands on this baby? And they asked him to lay hands on that baby, and he did. And sure enough, the baby was healed, didn't need the surgery, didn't happen instantly. It took about 10 days. My point is, I want you to be a people that is alive unto God. I want you to be a people that have a testimony in your mouth. I want you to be a people who are instant in season and out of season. And you can, you can, on the spur of the moment, on the job, on the spur of the moment, at the grocery store, on the spur of the moment, at the gas station, you can tell somebody what the Lord has been doing in your life. Amen. Are you hearing me? Amen. See, that's a life pleasing to God because the writer of Hebrews, probably the Apostle Paul wrote, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We ought to be like David's mighty men. You know, I read those stories and I'm just amazed who jumps in a pit on a snowy day and fights a bear, or was it a lion? And, and who goes into a bean field and kills 300, you know, of the enemy, and all of these crazy stories. Let me tell you what. Heaven is going to be a place probably for at least the first 1,000 years. We will bump into people that we knew on a, a, a cursory basis or from the past, and we're going to bump into them on the streets of glory, and we are going to be like David's mighty men, and we are going to recount what the Lord did. The Lord delivered this into my hands, and the Lord paid that off, and the Lord healed me of this, and the Lord healed my child of that, and we are going to tell tales of our own exploits that we did for God in faith. Amen. And you do not want to be up there and not have any stories to tell. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you go out there and you, you, you believe God. Amen. Amen. Thank God for credit. We use credit. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, there's something sweet about the Lord delivering money into your hands. You know, thank God for medicine. We use medicine, but thank God for the healing power of Jesus Christ. Thank God for doctors, you know, we, we, we took our kids to see the doctor, you know, once a year, but thank God, thank God, thank God, that was not the beginning and the end of medicine in our house. God's word is medicine. Hallelujah. You might say, well, pastor, I, I don't have that much faith. Well, you need to get some. And the way you get faith is taking action on the Word of God. Dear friends, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from Him anything we ask because we obey His commands and do what pleases Him. That's where the Lord arrested me. Do what pleases Him. And it's not just a matter of, you know, giving the tithe or giving offerings as led by the Holy Spirit above and beyond the tithe. It is a matter of doing exploits for God in faith. Hallelujah. We, this church has not done one thing that somebody at the city did not oppose us on. If we do this next thing and there's no opposition, I'll think something's wrong. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, we're not asking for it, but at the same time, I'm just saying we are conquerors. We are victors. We are warriors in faith. Can I get an amen? amen? And so when the devil comes against you with some symptom, you don't take it. You don't lie down. You don't accept it. You rise up in faith. Hallelujah. You let the word of God come up out of your spirit, man. You let the word of God roll over your tongue. Hallelujah. 
and you take authority over that devil and you tell him to hit the bricks because you're not having that in your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell him, you gather up your symptoms and you leave. Amen, because we're not having that here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do what pleases him. Walking by, say it out loud, walking by faith faith. in the word of God God. pleases the Lord. Lord. Verse 23, and this is his command to believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus Christ, to love one another as he commanded us. Those who obey his commands live in him and he in them, and this is how we know that he lives in us. We know it by the spirit he gave us. Now look at that. That phrase at the end of verse 23, to love one another, to love one another. Now let's pick up in 1 John 4, 7, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Now there's great confusion on this thing of love and I know I'm threading the needle. I'm trying to be cautious. I'm trying to be careful. I'm trying to not be political. But for example, this woman that was raped and murdered in New York City, by a guy who had committed 25 felonies. 25, not two. 25 felonies. Now, there is this mentality that the people of that political persuasion are loving and kind. And the law and order minded people are not loving and kind. Well, wherever that woman is, heaven or hell, go to her and try and talk to her about how loving and kind politicians got her dead. 25 times. No bail, no bail, no bail, no bail, no bail. Out again to do horrific stuff. That woman, that woman that was jogging in Memphis, same thing. She was kidnapped and murdered by a guy that had done it before. Why was he out? But that's the loving political group. That's the kind political group. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're just pro-criminal. They're just pro-criminal. They're just pro-criminal. Both Karl Marx and Saul Alinsky taught projection. Confuse and obfuscate the issue by accusing others of what you yourself do. And so all the people wanting to regulate speech call taxpayers fascists. See, in other words, what are they doing? They're projecting. How can can the loving political party be for abortion? Castrating little boys. Doing double mastectomies and hysterectomies on little girls. Now explain to me how that's loving. Of course a kid can be confused. You know, I ran away from home once. When I got hungry, I went back. <laughs> you know, the crazy liberal Bill Mar- Bill Maher says, you know, he 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 thought he was a pirate when he was a little boy. Thank God, thank God, his parents didn't take him to a surgeon to get a leg cut off and an eye poked out. You know, we, ju- we, don't, we don't let minors make life-altering decisions like getting tattoos, but they're, they're letting them get surgeries that are completely life-changing. And they, they do that under the auspices of love. I want you to see how the word love's been hijacked. That's what I'm getting at. I'm not trying to be political. I- I'm just trying to explain how you know, we have to be so cautious. I mean, Austin's sitting here. He's 40 years old or whatever. Just 40 years old. I know that's, I mean, exactly 40 years old. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and, 
But even when he was a little guy, even when he was a little guy, man, we had to be careful. You know, we had to take him, you know, to the restroom and the at a restaurant and is anybody else there? You know what I'm saying? And that was, that was 35 years ago we had to be careful. Man, you got to be quadruple careful now because these vacuous-minded numbskulls would say, well, you're not being loving toward that child. They'll turn you in. Now, they, they got three kids in prison or whatever, but they're going to turn you in for doing biblical discipline. I'm not talking about doing something unbiblical. I'm talking about biblical discipline. Amen. The best definition I ever came across in my entire life for love is Charles Grandison Finney, the, the preacher of the Second Great Awakening in America, and he said, love is to will and to act toward the highest good of the other. So, for example, you know, when the district attorney in Dallas came to power, he announced he was no longer going to prosecute carjackings. Look, carjacking is a violent crime. So that was not acting toward the highest good of the citizens of Dallas. Can you see that? Same thing if you have a child in your home that is, you know, young and, and you don't guide them, you don't train them, you don't biblically discipline them, you don't love them. In fact, the book of Proverbs says that, that you don't love them. Just letting them raise themselves like a wolf. It seems like everything is upside down in 2022. Hate is love, love is hate. It's just crazy. But to love is to will and to act toward the highest good of the other. So, for example, if I were a district attorney, my, my strategy would be to, you know, everybody that's a violent person, you know, lock them up, lock them up, lock them up. Why? To, to will and to act toward the highest good of these taxpayers out here. Can you see that? The people, and I think we get, I think we get buffaloed a little bit to not talk about walking in love because of how it's abused. I mean, the meanest Christians I've ever come across in my entire life are the ones who harped on walking in love. They, they want to come up to you and twist your nose until it bleeds, and then they, they want to say, now you walk in love, brother. And so you may wonder how I've come to regulate and, and, and balance on this, and that is I just stay away from certain people because I know that they're going to provoke me and I don't want to walk, I don't want to get into sin and I do want to walk in love, so my strategy is just avoid them. And I get upset with my phone a lot because it does what I don't want it to do and it doesn't do what I want it to do, but... It's worth it all for that block feature. <laughs> you see, we're to walk in love, but that doesn't mean we're to be the, the world's doormat. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because he is, because God is love. See, love is to will and to act toward the highest good of the other. And, and I have to say that, I mean, I've known this my whole life. Paul says that the love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. He didn't say money was the root of all evil. He said the, the love of money was the root of all evil. But I have to admit, I didn't, re I didn't even really appreciate that concept or that verse in the Bible until 2020, 2021. I mean, 
I've just been horrified at what people will do for money. In 2020, 2021, as I'm just horrified at what people, but, but wait a minute. Okay, so somebody brings you a, a confused 10-year-old and, and you're gonna make, you're gonna do, you're gonna castrate this kid. You're gonna do a hysterectomy on this kid. You're gonna do a double mastectomy on this kid to make money? I don't care if you're saved or not. I don't care if you're born again or not. I mean, what kind of a, what kind of a, what kind of a human being would do something like that, irreversible, for money? To make their boat payment? I mean, it's almost like the entire generation has had their conscience seared as with a hot iron. It is just astounding to me for money. For money. You know, we got a former president, I read just this week, he's raised all this money for the midterms and hasn't parted with a nickel of it. <laughs> raised a lot of money for the mid, and has not, I mean, he might go and talk somewhere, he might endorse somebody, but hasn't sent a nickel anywhere to help any candidate anywhere in the midterms. Because all this is public record. I pray for the church in the United States of America and around the world that, that somebody would get some discernment and somebody would wake up and somebody would see everything that is make-believe and phony and not real. Because we live in an age of great deceit. Great, I'm telling you, powerful, deceiving spirits are operating in the world today. They're powerful. And we have seen people, former Word of Faith guys, people baptized in the Holy Spirit, people who speak in other tongues and they have gone down the road of perdition. Is it that they're deceived? Is it for money? But even if it's for money, they've been deceived. I'd rather stand true for God and meet in a little wood frame nothing building and have an itty bitty crowd and know that I was a preacher of righteousness than to sell my soul to big pharma or sell my soul to the abortion clinics or sell my soul to what's going on in these surgery centers. Sure, I want to be successful, but I'm not paying that price. I'm not going to be deceived and I'm not going to do, I think you know, I'm not going to do one thing for money because God sends me money. Amen. God provides. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. In other words, he gave. For God, John, same author, John 3, 16. God so loved the world that he gave. God so loved the world that he gave. Aren't you tired of takers? These politicians, both parties, takers, 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 fakers, fakers, fakers. We could do a poem. We could write a country western song. <laughs> Verse 10, this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. That's love. That he, he, sent, he, pay, he paid the price. He paid the price. God paid the price. We couldn't pay the price. That's love. Love doesn't take. Now, if somebody gives you something, then you receive it. Amen? But, I mean, love doesn't take. Love doesn't break into the neighbor's house and steal their goods. Love doesn't, 
you know, uh, snatch some woman off the street, street and rape her and, and murder her. That's not love. Love doesn't go around killing babies. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. Since God loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. To perform acts of kindness, to give, to be a blessing even when it costs us money. To go out of our way to be a blessing. To follow the leading of the Holy Spirit of God and being a blessing. This world out here, they take and they take and they take and they take and they take. I was reading Thomas Sowell, the black uh, economist this week, and he was... I was reading what he had to say about inflation and how inflation is simply another form of taxation and it's a way for the, <coughs> the government to tax us in a way and not vote for it. And unlike taxation, inflation taxes the poor man at the same rate it taxes the rich man. But see, that's not love. To waste money. I read this week we spent, spent, sent $9 billion to the Palestinians. What the heck are we doing? $70 billion to Ukraine? No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We know that we live in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God and lives in him, if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in him and he in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Say it out loud. God is love. God is love. Say it again. God is love. God is love. Oh, the reason I got off on those MDs. How about that Hippocratic oath? Do no harm. They all took that oath. Do no harm. And yet, what are they doing for money? Harm. Well, pastor, you just, you just can't believe that, that everybody can walk in love. Well, the body of Christ can. See, so Faith Christian Center is not just a faith bubble. Faith Christian Center is not just a normal bubble. Faith Christian Center is a love bubble. Because we got 40 or so nationalities here, all kinds of races, nobody beating anybody up, nobody rioting, you know, no, no looting going on. We're walking in love because we came to know Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And if someone's hurting among us, we find out without us having to even arrange it or orchestrate it, that the body of Christ rallies, the body of Christ will help, help somebody get a, a new job, the body of Christ will help somebody with their rent or their mortgage when they're sick without us having to say a word. Why? Because we've come to know Father God through the Lord Jesus Christ and God is love and his love is at work in us and because God's word is at work in us, we know we are born again because we don't act like the world. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world, we are like him. The thing that amazes me the most in the last couple of years is uh, you, got, you got these people like Fauci and Burks and, you know, they're like, they're so old. They're so old. They're up in their 80s. No offense to anybody. They're so old. You know, they're like three clicks from hell. And, and they're not even worried about it. That's what blows my mind, you know. Uh, let's face it, I'm getting up there, and so it's on my mind. How is this going to turn out? Not in this life, but in the next life. 
You know, in other words, I'm, I, <laughs> it's on my mind. But it's not on their mind at all. And they're just trying to gather up money. You know, I forgot how many millions he made during the pandemic. And, and now this week we find out how many in Congress. Uh, they sold everything that they had invested in February before the lockdowns were announced. I mean, it's disgusting. Amen. And it shouldn't be legal. All these emails come out now, you know, through the Freedom of Information Act. They knew the masking would never accomplish anything. They knew the social distancing would never accomplish anything. They knew locking down would never accomplish anything. Somebody confronted him about how many small businesses were closed. He said, well, that's unfortunate. That's not walking in love. I don't care what political party they're affiliated with. That's not love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him in this way love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love. See, if I walk in love, I don't have to walk in fear. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Now this week they're saying we need, we need a COVID amnesty. Hell no. All those people locked us down, all those people that uh, put up plexiglass, all those people that talked about social distancing. I was reading now about uh, there's a chemical they used in all of those blue masks that causes cancer. <laughs> Respiratory diseases in children are off the charts from all of this masking. No, no, no. We need Nuremberg trials and people need to be going to prison over this. See, they have the idea, they have the idea, they have the idea that we work for them. We don't work for them, they work for us. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. What, why did I bring that up? Well, they, these people obviously need the fear of God put in them. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. And let's go back to the crime thing. Somebody might say, well, you know, if you, how can you say you're walking in love if you think somebody that's committed 25 felonies ought to be locked up? Well, how about I'm walking in love toward the people that didn't commit 25 felonies? Can you see that? Love is to willing to act toward the highest good of the other. And not just the one, how about the many? Amen. Now, why do I bring up these current events? Because I want you to be a critically thinking person, and I don't want you to be anybody's dumb sucker. Amen. We're being lied to 24-7. And the word of God is true and everything else is a lie. Amen. You go to CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, CBS, it's all lies. Probably most of what's on Fox News is a lie. It's just all lies. You can't go by any of it. Politician opens his mouth, he or she is lying. They're lining their pockets with money. Our most conservative senator here in Texas voted for $40 billion for Ukraine. The lesser conservative, you know, he uh, propagated gun control, red flag laws. Look, that's a way for them to say you're nuts and you, you should be excluded. Why, why would they say you're nuts? Well, because, you know, you say that they ought to keep their oaths. That's common sense. If I put my hand on a Bible and I swear an oath, I ought to keep it. That's not controversial. That doesn't make me a terrorist. And if they, you women, your husband can't keep his oath, what do you do? You women, your husband can't keep his oath, what do you do? You get rid of them? 
I say it's high time to rise up and get rid of every oath-breaking politician. <coughs> they can't keep their oath, then they ought to, they ought to go sell shoes at the mall. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command, whoever loves God must also love his brother. I'll tell you exactly what, they, what these preachers are doing, and they don't realize it, but they have aligned themselves with Pilate, and they have aligned themselves with Herod. You need to go back and watch the movie, The Passion, and watch the Pharisees as they had Jesus arrested, as they had Jesus scourged, as they stood there before Pilate. Pilate wanted to let him go, and they demanded that Jesus be crucified. Listen, just because you wear a religious robe, just because you stand in a religious office, just because you are a religious person does not make you right. We need to go by the word of God, the word of God, the word of God. There is no standard but the word of God. Amen. And we need to walk in love. We need to do what's right. Amen. And money should not factor into doing what's right. Amen. You do what's right, and if you make money, great. If you don't, you do what's right. Let's bow our heads. You may be here this morning and you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and the Savior of your life. Let me tell you what, this is important because we live in deceitful days. There's lies everywhere and it's worse in this political season than other times of the year. But you don't want to be deceived. You don't want to be led astray. You don't want, you don't want to be religious and think you're saved and born again. Being religious is not the same as being born again. Being religious is not the same as being saved. Jesus said in John 3, you must be born again. He didn't say it was a good idea. He didn't say it was highly recommended. He said you must be born again. In Revelation 3, he said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will and opens the door, I will come in and fellowship with him and he with me. See, the work's been done. Jesus paid the price. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The price has been paid, but we have to make him ours. We have to believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord. How many this morning would say, Pastor Gene, I've never done that? but I want to be saved. I want to be born again. I want to live for God. I want to be forgiven of my sins. I want to be right. I want to know that I'm saved, that I am a child of God. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up. Lift it up high enough to where I can see it. Yes. How many others? There may be others here this morning. There was a time in your life you told God that you loved him, that you'd live for him, and you meant it when you prayed it. But maybe you're one of these that has gotten cold over time, or maybe you're one of these that has been de deceived by these powerful, lying spirits that has gone forth into the world. Here at Faith Christian Center, we're calling people back to faith in God through the Word of God. There's no standard but the Word. How many this morning, the word says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. How many this morning would say, Pastor, that's me. I'm away from God. I'm not living for God. I, 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 I gave my life to God and I told God that I'd live for him, but I'm, I'm not living for him. That's the truth of it. Pastor, I need to recommit my life to God. I, I need to make it right. I, I want to... Let the Lord know that I'm going to live for him from this day to my last day. If that's you this morning, wherever you are, lift a hand up, lift it up high enough to where I can see it. We're going to pray. Any others? Everybody standing, have you raised your hand for either invitation? I want you to gather up your belongings. I don't want your mind on your stuff. I want your mind on what the Lord is going to do in your life here this morning. And I want you to step boldly into the aisle and I want you to join me here at the front. You know, the world's not ashamed 
to stand up for what they believe, and we cannot be ashamed to stand up for the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. They're doing the craziest things. They're going into museums and destroying art. They're taking a stand for the crazy stuff they believe. Well, how can we not take a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. Anybody else you want to join us? You're welcome to step boldly into the aisle. Join us here at the front. We're going to pray. For the sake of these that have come forward and anybody that may be watching online that wants to give their life to Jesus or recommit their life to the Lord, everybody in the room, let's pray this prayer out loud together. Father God, I give you my life. Time's gone by. I've gone my own way. I've done my own thing. And I've lived for self. But today I turn my life around by giving my life to you. The name of Jesus, Father God, I declare, I believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I declare with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I thank you, Father God, for not rejecting me, but for receiving me into your family. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you. You know, you were healed 2,000 years ago. Amen. Amen. I believe it. I got hit by a truck. Doesn't matter. On that whipping post and on that cross, you were healed. That's the news that matters. Hallelujah. See, we think something's going to happen. We hope something's going to happen. We want something to happen. Well, it happened 2,000 years ago. He paid the price. He paid the price for our sins. In the same chapter in Isaiah 53, he, he he took up our diseases and he bore away our pains. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. God bless you. If you would go with Mr. Jeff Hughes, we'll get you right back in the service as quickly as we can. Hallelujah. <laughs> Lift your hands and say, thank you, Father God. It's a great day, and I thank you, Father God, for giving me front row seats to the end. And I say, if you're looking for faith when you return, I'll be standing tall, I'll be standing strong, and I'll be walking by faith on that day. Can you give the Lord a shout of victory this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.